Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, you're listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs with me, Giles Bidder. I speak to Amy Taylor from Amel and the Sniffers on today's episode. Their new record, Comfort to Me, is coming out on the 10th of September. 
I'm sure it's going to rip. Guided by Angels and Security playing below this have been ace. Amy tells me about her life in what this podcast is about, which is working, grafting, trying to make your shit happen, trying to make your life good for yourself and for others. And I love this chat. She's great. I hope you enjoy it too. Cheers for listening. East London Signature Brew have been making beers since 2011. They've made beers with Mastodon, Idols, Hot Chip, and a whole bunch of other amazing bands. If you live in the UK and you want to get some of those beers delivered directly to your door, you can go onto their website, signaturebrew.co.uk. And if you use the voucher 101 podcast, all capital letters at checkout, you can get 10% off. All right, here's Amy Taylor from Amel and the Sniffers. Go well. Cheers! This meeting is being recorded. Um, thanks very much for you know putting me in your in your schedule. How's the how's the last few weeks been since announcing the record? Oh, pretty exciting, really. Like we haven't done anything in ages, so it was really it's just been really fun. And um, I always like just refreshing the YouTube videos and seeing the numbers and stuff because that's really fun <laughs> and exciting and. Yeah, pretty pretty dope. Heaps of interviews and stuff. And yeah, it seems like it's getting a lot of support and I feel really happy about that. Ace. I mean, you know, looking at it as like a playing in a band is like a thing that you do now, you know. I mean, how how long do you consider it to be, you know, your priority? How many years has it been your priority playing in bands? Um, well, let me think for a second. I think we started touring pretty intensely 2018. Um, I think, yeah, 2018. So pretty much since then, it's been the priority, but it's only been able to do that because um, I've been able to sleep on people's couches kind of thing. So it's not that I made money, like enough money to pay rent or survive, but we were just away so much that it covered costs kind of thing. Yeah. So it only kind of up until, I think it was like the, the start of 2020 was the first time we got to pay ourselves a wage from the band. And then, um, and then yeah. That's that's nuts, isn't it? I mean, like, are you able to because uh, look, I, I guess everyone like everyone's on their own path. Everyone's doing their own thing. And, you know, I, I guess you try and just make the best decisions that you can do at the time. Was it was it a case for you where it was like, look, you know, you're playing records, you can tour. Um, people are coming to the shows. People are buying those records. And like, did you just think, fuck it, I'm just going to I'm just going to have fun with this you know, and see how well, far. I... Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we weren't making, well, I was just, yeah, working and then I actually hurt my knee and I was like, I'm just going to quit my job. <laughs> um, and then I can't even remember what happened really, but basically I was just like, this is kind of what I want to do and it's going well. And, and there's like, we're touring a little bit and work that doesn't really work with work. And I remember, yeah, I was like working. Um, there's a supermarket in Australia called Coles. Yeah. It's like one of the big ones. And, um, and yeah, it's like I worked in the scoop and way section, which was like, it's kind of like free falling nuts and, and dried apricots and stuff. And I was wearing like a, an apron and a hat. And then someone recognized me in an apron and a hat. And I was like, fuck, I shouldn't be doing this job anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fun. I mean, what was your kind of life like then like working at working at a supermarket? Like what was your like routine? Like were you working sort of a lot? Were you, were you going out a lot? What was your what was your thinking? Well, there was heaps of variables. So, I mean, depends on which snapshot you're looking at. But at one point it was like I lived on the same street that the shop was at. I like, I really love working and stuff. So no matter what job I'd be doing, I always just like do it really like, you know, if I was working at say that job, it's like I would just like 
fucking love it and like make sure I was doing a really good job. I just can't help it. I just enjoy it. Even though I'm like, you know, obviously corporations and consumerism is crap. It's like, I'm just a bit of a bulldog with that shit. Um, so I just get up and I'd start work about nine. And then it depends on if I was doing one or two stores. Cause I was a bit of like a contractor. So I either finish it midday and do that five days a week. And then also sometimes was like working at a rehearsal studio in the nighttime. So I'd get, I'd finish the shift and then I'd go home and then I'd get a train about an hour and a half north to another place where I'd do like, I had like a, yeah, a job at, at the kind of reception of a, of a rehearsal studio. Hour and a half's a lot, isn't it? Yeah. But I just really wanted the job because I studied music business for a bit and, um, and yeah, I just, they were like, Oh, do you want to like, kind of do we'll like intern you and you can like do reception and reply to emails and like post Facebook posts and set yeah. up people's gear. And I was like, yeah, I'll definitely do that. So hey. I just like did that. And then I'd get home at like midnight um, from the train. Um, I'd have to run to get the train. I'd literally have to lock up the studio and then sprint to the train to get the last train back. That's so funny. That's funny. My roommates think that I'm a cunt, but I pay the rent on time every month that's right that's it that's that's why i knew you'd be good for this yeah i mean like, that's the thing i'm even doesn't matter if you don't like me or if you like me it doesn't matter because i'm self-reliant and i can pay my own way and i'm i can i can su- supply my own shit that's so great i mean i think growing up listening to rock and roll and punk rock and having fun i think there's a bit of an element of you know quote unquote like laziness about it but i don't think that's true at all I think it's um I think it's mostly true like I feel like there's a lot of people who celebrate laziness and the anti 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 working and um anti you know they just want to get fucked up and they want to have fun and I respect that for them and that's fucking awesome but it's just not me like I got so much energy and stuff and yeah I really like working and not even you know not even because I like working just because I like being productive and stuff and it feels satisfying to me like even cleaning the house sometimes is fun to me because I like it growing up I mean what, what what was your first job my first job I had when I was I think I was like 13 and a half I grew up in a small town and I worked with this really really lovely woman called Robin and she owned a ribbon factory thing not really factory it was smaller than that um but it was like in the back of her house in a granny flat she had a little little setup and she I was like putting ribbons on spools was that like <laughs> did you find yourself like growing into that role quickly yeah I really enjoyed it I really liked it I wanted to get better at it and I wanted to do a good job and I really liked Robin too she was really encouraging and stuff and I liked it better than school and I I liked hanging out with adults more than I did kids really yeah I mean being like self-reliant is that something that you know growing up that was like quite instilled in you for a young age you know are there any sort of moments that stick out for you that might be you know definitely definitely because yeah my dad would always i get like five dollars pocket money and he'd be like might feel like a lot now but it'll go really quick or like i'd get a hundred bucks from like yeah work like for a month or whatever and then i feel like a lot but you got to tuck it away because it'll (laughs) it'll go a lot and um yeah just like yeah i grew up in a household where like especially from my dad like money was just always kind of a factor like thinking about money and like stressing about money and you know he was a really both of my parents are really hard workers so I've just got that in me and he was always like you know valued working even though he hated it he was always like I hate 
you know, if you can, Amy, be an accountant, like never work for your boss because it's you're just making money for somebody else and we just get ripped off and we've got to work hard and it's week to week, blah, blah, blah. Even though we were super lucky, like we had like a house and food and, and everything. There was no problem. It was still a stress though. Um, but he always used to say, you got to start your own business because why be an angel when you can be God? <laughs> why be an angel when you can be God? That's good, isn't it? I- like, why work for a company when you can own the company? <laughs> Totally, totally. I mean, that's that's the thing. You know, I feel like we, we a lot of us like learn that at a young age, but then it kind of feels like, how the fuck do you become a boss? You know? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Start a band, maybe. Start a band, but I mean, fuck, <laughs> barely. But yeah, um, but yeah, I had that job, and then my second job, I got just as I turned fourteen, which is the legal age to work in Australia, pretty much. I think it's fourteen and nine months, and I got a job straight away. I had two jobs by the time I was 15 um, as well as going to school, but I did that. And then I worked at IGA, which is like another big supermarket in Australia in the deli. And I really loved that job as well. Actually on this new album, there's a song called snakes, which I sing about it. Ace. I mean, working a super, like working a supermarket is there's a nice bit of like routine, like satisfactory routine there, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. Like I really like knowing like learning how to like pack down the deli every night. And then after I got good and fast enough at that, um, I like ended up doing the cashiers and everything as well. Um, and like, you know, pulling the like cereal boxes so the shelf looked nice. <laughs> it sounds really stupid, but it's something just super satisfying about it. It just feels good to me when I can do something good and like learn, even if it's something simple like that. I guess I just liked it. And I was just, you know, it's not easy for everyone to get jobs, though. I want to, like, note that. But it was easy for me, and I just liked it. Totally. I I think, you know, there have been a few times in my life where it's been like, fuck, you know, you you, you get into, like, a bit of a blue area of the job that you're working. And then at some point you realise, like, you are in control of yourself to an extent, and you can learn to enjoy it. And, you know, when you do a good job at something, that's a nice feeling. It is a nice feeling. And even though it kind of, you know by default makes me like a bitch it's like I don't care because it feels good <laughs> have, have you taken that into like band world into ammo world I think so yeah it's like I, I I really like the work side of ammo as well which I think has probably been um like a like a positive mostly for the band we have management and they do a really good job and we have like labels who really help out but I really like thinking about that stuff and I like having control over my business and I like trying to understand and know as much as I can like even though I still am still really entry level with all the music business and all that stuff. It's like, I always want to take the time to try and learn as much as I can. So I know what the fuck's going on. I don't want anybody to rip me off or I don't want to be made out to be an idiot. I just, I actually just really care about it. And I, I like learning about it. And it's really interesting to me as well. I think people like expect musicians to be really one dimensional. And like you were saying, the stereotype where you just get fucked up and like fucking fuck around. But I mean, I'm, from yeah I'm I'm definitely my father and my mother's daughter I guess and you got to work hard right I mean growing up with independent record labels you know you don't have to dig far to find out how hard you know like discord were working or or any any independent record label merge records how people put the graft in you know like decades of of work from you know starting off in a in your bedroom or your garage or something packaging records and um and realizing the the time and the energy, but also the organizational skills that you kind of have to learn. 
as part of that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I think um, just as well, like with us, our band, we've been pretty lucky. Like I really love like all the DIY scenes and stuff like that. But if I'm honest, like we've kind of sidestepped that experience. Um, and it's been, yeah, really lucky because there's heaps of people working around us and, and working for us, which has kind of been like sometimes a challenge for me because I would always kind of think like, well, if I'm not doing it, I didn't really earn it. But then I guess I've kind of started to think, well, they're all just people who love music, who are just doing a job, who like, you know, we all get to be a part of this like music industry where it's, we all just get to pretty much just like survive off music, even though there's like weird compromises you have to make and like weird choices you have to make and things you don't necessarily always want to do. But then I just remember like, yeah, when I worked at the supermarket, I didn't always want to fucking put the chickens in the oven, but I did it. And that's just being alive. You can't always just do stuff you like. Totally. I feel like there must be so many different levels of that. And I suppose you just got to try and like in- enjoy it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, just like appreciate that. Like everybody is just a person and um, they're just trying to get by the same way I am or they are. And, and yeah. That's why I love doing these interviews, like not to pat myself, that's not what I'm not patting myself on the back, but like, I'm just saying like, I love chatting to this because it is, this is real shit, you know? And I think like growing up, being into like rock music, guitar music, there's always that kind of um, like, not pedestal, but maybe pedestal, but like, it's it's always, you know, bands are so far out of our, our out of arm's distance, you know? And I yeah. want, and it feels like, I don't know if it's us getting older or or the internet or what, but it feels like, everything's a lot more transparent and there's a lot more accountability to how musicians operate. Definitely. And I, yeah, I agree with you on that hundred percent. I also like, I love the idea because for example, like I love Dolly Parton and I love Cardi B. That's just like two names, but it's like, I like that to me. Like if I met them, I wouldn't talk to them. I wouldn't look at them. I would, because I just don't want them to be humans. Like I don't want to be able to reach them. I want them to be like <laughs> gods on earth that I can just love and appreciate from afar. So it's yeah. like, I love that. I personally like want to be pretty transparent and like, I want to be open and I don't ever want to like false advertise myself as something that I'm not like, mm. you know, I'm saying all this stuff about being working class and stuff, but currently like I just got job keeper and like I bought linen sheets, like the government is sorting me out. So I feel pretty like very spoiled financially at the moment. And like, you know what I mean? But anyway, um, well, you gotta I take, like, take it what you can. I say, fuck them. I definitely think that. Cause it's like, I'll just, I just think it's fine and I'm comfortable with it. But I, you know, like, I guess it's like, I want to be as transparent about who I am as I can possibly be without feeling uncomfortable. But I also mm-hmm. like the idea of like musicians and people you admire being distant to someone you can just love from a distant, like otherworldly and shit. And yeah, both are kind of dope. And I feel like that's why Dolly's so good because she can kind of do both. She's like super open and herself, but she's also super far away and like private and it's cool. Have you had to sort of grow into your identity, you know, as the singer of the band? Is that something that's evolving? You know, we're talking about transparency and and how, and, you know, to me that says, you know, how you are on stage, how you are in interviews such as this, how you are in, in public when you're meeting people. Has that bit of been a bit of like a, a journey or has that been like a bit of a self-discovery for you? I think so. Yeah, I think definitely. But I only kind of know this version of, of my life. Like, well, I guess there's only one version, but, but I mean, like, I guess this is all I know. So like when we started, I was like 19 or 20 or whatever. And 
I'm still pretty young, like 25. So I guess like naturally you're just kind of like figuring yourself out and how you fit into places and how your brain works and, Mm -hmm. you know, what makes you tick and what doesn't. So I guess it's kind of like, like anybody else, but my just experiences have been really different. Like I'm perceived by heaps of people and like really loved by lots of people, but also like, you know, not loved by lots of people too. So it's, um, it's a bizarre fucking thing. Um, whatever I do now is very strange, but I think I've just grown into it and it's just normal, normal-ish to me, even though it's super foreign. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. When I last saw you in London, you were saying how you can't wait to go see your best friend the next day. And, you know, it's the last show of that tour. And it makes me think now, you know, chatting to, you know, your, 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 your mates, chatting to people who are close to you. Has that been, you know, have they been like mentors, mentors to you? Have, have they, have you been able to, you know, reflect with their help and their support? Um, I think yes and no at like various points. I feel like over the last year, it's like I've had lots of changes within my friend groups. Just like being stationary for the first time in ages. Like, mm. you know, because we were touring so much and that was during my formative kind of early 20s where most people are going to festivals together and getting cooked. It's like me and the boys were just working and like on tour just together. And then so when I came back I, last year, I like had to like reshuffle a bunch of social stuff for the better. Um, but I feel like now over the last year, I've like made some friendships that are like super fucking dope and important and like, taught me heaps about myself and like how to be a good person and like rah, 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 all that stuff. Fuck. Yeah. I, I read, I was reading an interview with someone yesterday and it was like, they were saying how, you know, we all have to sort out our own houses before we can do much else. I mean, I, I totally feel that about myself. Do you, do you feel that about, about you? Sort out our houses and as in like mentally uh, and our souls or whatever. I think definitely so. Like, I feel like you can't expect everybody else to work around your, your shit. I guess it's like the way I feel about being self-reliant kind of carries on to my um, mental health as well. But in saying that, I feel like, um, like if I can show compassion to just even just like one or two people who are having a shit time who haven't got their houses sorted out, like sometimes you just need a housekeeper to help you clean up because the mess is so big. So, yeah. you know, yeah. it's like, even though it's, we're super, it's on us to look after our quote unquote houses. It's like, it's all the people that come around and visit the houses that help, help keep it tidy constantly kind of thing. Totally. And I think being like open to meeting new people and being open to new experiences is such a big part of that. Definitely, absolutely. And as well, it's super easy. Like I can be such a like, don't get me wrong, I can be a huge bitch, but like that's all I really want is just like to meet people who are interesting and like fun and you know, make life feel fucking sweet, like you know, like crazy hooligans and fun people and like people who, you know, are interesting and like people who aren't like me and people who are like me. Like that's just the best stuff ever. But at the same time, I can just be a fucking cold bitch and not talk to anyone. So (laughs) I mean I'm I'm my own worst enemy when it comes with that. 
it, you know, in terms of touring, you know, being on the road for the last, you know, three years, pretty, pretty heavy. It's different now, isn't it? With the last year being off, but you know, just when lockdown started, do you remember how, you know, what was your mindset about touring? You know, how do you become? I was really bugged by touring because it was just a lot. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm super grateful and touring and like all that shit is a fucking miracle, but it was, I was exhausted and I really loved being in Australia and like, I really love just like being, yeah, I get homesick pretty bad and we were just on the road for like pretty much uh, like uh, in 2019, I was overseas every month of the year, which is like a pretty big step for only like being overseas once or twice before a band or I mean, before 2019 or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was kind of happy to relax a little bit and just be a human, human for a second. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of mad to think, you know, how fucking isolated Australia is. Like if you're going to be in a, a band that's playing all, in all these sort of quote unquote markets or whatever, to, to come to the US, to come to Europe, to go around, like that's a lot of traveling for you. Like that can't be understated. Oh, big time. Yeah. I think it's, you know, for like, for example, we're so far away that right now we're in the Southern hemisphere and it's, it's, it's winter. Like, you know, it's different down here and it's far away. Like, you know, if, if you're a, in a Northern Hemisphere band, you can just dart between like New York to London in a night and go home the next day. But for us to like be able to afford to tour, the tours have to be like months long because mm. the flights are so expensive, the visas are so expensive. So, yeah, like before we recorded the first album, um, we, we were overseas for four months straight just because it was the only way we could afford to like make it work for us. Fuck. Um, to, to, to fly home cost thousands and thousands of dollars and it honestly just wasn't feasible at that point in time so we just went cutthroat with it and like just played for as long as we could does that and i'm talking about like the finance stuff there like that money stuff does that come naturally to you lot um like being organized with it i mean and and being like being um yeah organized like kind of knowing what you have to do seeing and having some kind of strategy uh, yeah, yeah, it comes naturally to me. Like, I'm a huge saver and, like, you know, I, like, will always buy the cheapest thing and, like, can't spend money even if I want to, really. But um, that's just because how, how I was brought up. And I'm happy about that, but I'm trying to, like, not do that all the time because it's boring. But at the same time, um, yeah, we have, like, management and staff who they really help with that kind of thing as well. Like, I'm probably more tight-ass than them, if I'm honest. And it's like, ooh, <laughs> even if someone's, like, I feel sorry for the boys sometimes. I'll be like, oh, I need an Uber or I need a pedal. And I'll be like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I feel like the um, the stereotype of, of like a manager is to is to be that tight bastard and to and to do that. You know that your your relationship with your management, how's that been? You know, how did you meet them? How's that relationship evolved? Um, well, yeah, so our manager, the first, there's two of them. They're like a husband. I don't know if they're married, actually. They're a partnership um, called Parisi and Simone. And um, we played at their venue in the front bar once. And he was like, that was pretty cool. And then we ran into him at a burger shop. And he was like, oh, if you guys have any advice, let me know. He, he wasn't managing anyone at the time, but he's managed bands before. And he'd managed, um, do you know Chopper Reed? No. He's just an Australian famous criminal. You can Google him. He's got a movie about him and stuff. He's just kind of like a like a criminal celebrity in Australia. But he, yeah, he's not alive anymore, unfortunately. But um, yeah, so Freezy was managing 
some people. We Someone at a burger shop who was like, if you need advice, let me know. And then I think we actually did need some help with some questions and we met up with him a couple of times and then he helped us out for free for ages. And then he was like, why don't we just do this? We're like, that sounds pretty dope. And then his partner, Simone, jumped on board. So they kind of like do a tag team dealing with different kind of things because they're both pretty switched on and done stuff for the music industry before. But, you know, they're like family to in a lot of ways, like cook us dinner or like, you know, they'll like go for a walk with us or whatever. Um, and, yeah. With that stuff, you know, we'd like asking him questions. It, it just makes me think, you know, we're talking about jobs before the band and, during, you know, maybe during the band as well. But, I mean, all those decisions especially as well i guess like punk band world is just what i know but um like it feels like there are so many little jobs there for you to do and on top of that it feels like you know you can make a bad decision and shit topples over i mean it feel it feels like it might happen sometimes i mean is that yeah. true for you uh yeah i think so but i feel i'm not very afraid to make bad decisions if it's just me to deal with the consequences like if I was just alone in this world which I'm not I would just be making calls constantly but I feel like just because of the nature of Amelon and Sniffers it's like there's three other people with opinions there's two managers with opinions like it's not actually just me as much as like I probably would part of me really wants that because it'd just be super easy to just fuck up and not worry about it but yeah I don't really have many opportunities to do that because there's yeah everyone else chucks in their two cents which you know I'm really grateful for as well but I can also be like struggle with that because I'm a bit of a control freak and I also really like the idea of just having like heaps of power in like the most respectful way like not without walking on anyone but Mm. it's just appealing to me to like have power over my voice and my thoughts and like my mistakes and like all of that stuff. And with, with lyrics as well, right? Yeah. With lyrics, I don't let anybody else write lyrics. That's really important to me because that's my voice and that's my job. And somebody else writes lyrics for me then I don't know what's the point of me being there. Cause at this stage anyway, cause that's what I provide and that's, yeah, it's my experiences that I, and I don't want to act and pretend to have somebody else's feelings. You, you got a real great way of 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 some summing up something in a song. You know, earlier we talked about transparency and 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 trying to be like your your, your true self. Have you ha- ever had any troubles with that in your lyrics? Has there ever been something you wanted to write about, or maybe you felt like you were giving too much of yourself away? Um, sometimes, yeah, I feel like that a little bit, but also sometimes I feel like I haven't done enough. But I think you know, if I look back, it's like I was always just as true to myself as I possibly could be at that time as well like I mean I'm fucking I sometimes just have no idea I don't understand myself all the time and don't figure it out until later what I was thinking or what I was doing and sometimes I'm just like autopiloting through life and don't really know don't have much self-awareness so it's sometimes you think you're being authentic and then you look back you're like who the fuck was that um but it's always just authentic to who you are but I guess then you you know better later and you realize you know better and you're like, damn, that bitch was dumb. <laughs> is that, is that, you know, like that kind of autopilot thing. And like, that's like a human nature thing, right? It's like, you know, you, you, you hope you try and get yourself in a good situation and you know, it's nice to kind of not have to kind of fucking worry every day or try to think too hard about what you're doing every day. And to me, that's certainly like a trait of being in a touring band of being on that kind of 
autopilot. You know what you're doing exactly every day. You're not necessarily having to make new decisions. Does that make sense? And has that like yeah. kind of affected the way that you write? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I guess I can't remember right now because last year was just so void of tour. But I remember like being on tour and stuff and um, it's like I really struggle with just, yeah, just being a passenger in life. Like it's a pretty passive most of the day, like because we just have a van and we'll wake up at like 9am, jump in the car, drive to the next venue, get there at three kind of thing. There's not a lot of freedom within that. Mm. Like surprisingly, I guess, to people who don't tour that much, at least in our setup, there isn't. And then um, I don't know what we're talking about, (laughs) but yeah, it's autopilot for sure. Um, I think I struggle with autopilot. I prefer to like have, yeah, heaps of control over my life and stuff in and out of control kind of way. With like comfort to me, when you were writing it, was there a feeling that you wanted to do, you know, pro- progress your sound or do something different? I mean, because you because you got your sound so locked down. Um, yeah, I guess a little bit. Like I, I just think I, know I was saying that a little bit earlier to somebody, but I just think with like if you do your thing naturally, if you're doing it almost every day, you just slightly it just changes and it gets better. And I, I don't, I really don't value like stagnant stuff and staying the same that much I think it's unnatural to stay the same forever and change is really important so I think just in a natural kind of way it's changed and you know my brain's changed and I think about stuff differently and I want to say stuff differently and you know like the boys have gotten real pretty good at their instruments and just from playing them all the time and we listen to different kinds of music all the time so there's different influences coming in and I just think yeah bring on the change whatever it is it's definitely you know, we put more time into it and we paid a little more money for the producer and stuff. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's different, but I think that's, that's, that's kind of natural really. Yeah. And that's just, that's what I, I, how I find life should be. Totally. For me in moment in time. And, you know, then I can always come back at some point and go like, well, at least I tried that and that was crap. And I actually prefer just like scuzzy stuff and, but I just couldn't, I'd be pretending to be something I wasn't if I just tried to make the first EP again, I guess. Yeah, for real. Do you, do you feel like, you know, coming from Melbourne where there's so many bands and like, you know, a few, you know, a bunch of great venues and, you know, when you were touring all the time and then maybe compared to the last 18 months, um, was it weird to kind of leave that scene and then kind of come back to it? What's your, what's your story there? I think it was kind of weird. I guess we were never really part of a particular scene, but we just played with anybody and pretty much everyone who would ask us and not everyone would ask us because people have various opinions on us as a band or whatever. But um, coming back, I guess it was really kind of exciting for all of us because we never really get to have a chance to just like, you know, go out on weekends and see other bands and not be playing and stuff because, yeah. I mean, weekends and, and the nights where other bands are playing, we'd always be playing too. So it was pretty fun to just go out and see other bands and like also just kind of feel like we're a part of a community in some kind of way. Cause we just get flight, like bopped around the whole earth and flying around off our fucking, you know, metaphorical heads. So yeah. Yeah. It was, it was cool to just be kind of like, Oh yeah. Like there's heaps of sick bands and like, it's a, it was just kind of healthy in, a, in an unhealthy way. It's cool. Every time I've seen you in London, it has felt like a community in the crowd. And that's like a really special thing. And I'm not just blowing smoke when I say that, you know, I think oh, there's, that, you know, there's, there's a few bands that, you know, that 
that you're with in your life. And when you go see them, it's, it's an event, you know what I mean? It's, it's a party, but there's also like, it's energy in the room. Do you know what I mean? And that you mentioned community there, which makes me think it's, it's funny, you know, you, you, you have that at home, but you, you might be coming to London or Paris or New York and you bring that with you. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. Cause that's all anybody, oh, not anybody. I'm sure heaps of people. That's all they want is just like, that's what I wanted our shows. Like, I like that, like, the old punks come. I like that, like, the, the young hipsters come. I like that the working class come. I like that people with money come. I like that ugly people come. And I like that trendy people come. Like, it should just be for absolutely any cunt who wants to have a go and have a get amongst it. And I think, like, um, you know, just energy's contagious and, like, spirit's contagious. And if you're all in a room together having a go, then, like, fuck yeah, it's pretty dope. Amazing. Well, Amy, thank you so much. And like, you know, that idea, it's funny, right? Because it's actually quite, that's, that's quite a simple idea, isn't it? I think it might be quite easy for a lot of people to get lost in the, the muddleness of, of playing music and being an artist. Whereas that yeah. is, it's a boiled down, that's like a very succinct, you know, idea. I think that too, like, I think people really, you know, can get caught up over complicating stuff and overthinking stuff and trying to like, put words into something to make it interesting. But in the end, it's like music's just been there forever. Like, and music just makes people want to dance and music makes, it's just, that's all it is. It doesn't matter what the form it comes in. Like whether you like us or you like fucking, I don't know, whoever. It's like, that's just, it's just good fun. It's just connection. Fuck yeah. Just to end with, what's the, uh, I thought about this the other day because I think everyone's got a story like this. What's the biggest coincidence that's ever happened in your life? Coincidence? Oh my god, I don't know, but <laughs> this is stupid. But um, yeah, my my um my friend, he well, my partner, he was looking literally the morning. He was like, "Oh, I want to get this desk, like a fold out desk that I can just work from home from." Blah blah blah. Anyway, he was walking home from work, and he was like, "I was walking home from work to go to Kmart." And then no fucking kidding, that same day on the side of the road, he found the exact desk that he wanted, like fold up <laughs> desk, fits perfectly under his window. That's happened yeah. twice as well. But um, that happened to me too. Like I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I want to get some speakers for my TV. And so it sounds a bit nicer when I watch movies. No fucking kidding. Like a couple mornings later, I walked out of my house and on the side of the road, was surround sound speakers. No fucking way. I've got them right now. I'm going to watch a movie later and I'll be using them. How crazy is that? <laughs> that is fucking mad. That's I fucking love that. Mad. It's the best thing ever. It makes you like, oh, so cool. Well, Amy, thank you. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thanks, heaps. Have a nice um, day or whatever it is. So there was Amy Taylor from Amel and the Sniffers here on 101 Part-Time Jobs. Thank you for listening. Here's Cox Barrow. I've been working all day, got me mate on the side Running around like a blue-ass fly I've been working, yeah, I've been working all day Got me mate Every bleeding minute I've been on the go This is a Mighty Moon Media Podcast It is Ryan here and I have a question for you What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.